Let us pray. <laughs> Father, we just uh, come before you once again. And we thank you that you hear our prayers. And that you are a God who uh, calls us to pray, to be a house of prayer, to come before you with requests. And God, we also thank you that you speak to us, that we can hear from you, that you communicate to us, Lord God. And, and Father, we just pray that you would continue to sharpen our hearing, that we would walk with you, that we would discern your voice in our lives, that we would uh, discover um, how you speak to us. And so, Lord, we, we just uh, commit this time to you. Father, I pray that you would anoint my words, anoint my lips, that what I say would be from you, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that you would use this message to impact myself, me, and, and the church here uh, in where you're calling us to go. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Um, in 2008, uh, my wife and I, along with our one-year-old daughter, Eden, decided to hop onto an airplane and fly to Seoul, South Korea. And the plan was to live there. We were going to move there. Many of you know this story. Um, but uh, we, we went in hopes of uh, landing a good job. Well, I went in hopes of landing a, a good job teaching English as a second language, which is uh, um, quite a lucrative uh, job there in South Korea. And so I was able to get a job and we just flew out there in 2008. And uh, for those of you who do know the story, uh, I've told you time and time again how it was an extremely difficult season for us uh, to be in Korea. Uh, what was going to be a minimum two-year commitment ended up being seven months, and we came back. Uh, so it was very difficult. But, you know, it wasn't just the culture shock that made it difficult. And I'm Korean, and I still had a major culture shock. And I realized, no, I'm Canadian-Korean. When I went to Korea, I realized, no, I'm Canadian, okay? Just Korean face, but Korean-Canadian, right? But uh, it was very difficult, but it wasn't necessarily the culture shock or, you know, the language barrier, or the fact that we had this tiny apartment with a bathroom where you can go to the bathroom and shower at the same time, okay? You could sit on the toilet and have a shower at the same time. I mean, that's what they do there, okay? It's weird. It's very weird. Right? That shocked me. My wife, it shocked her too, but... But it wasn't necessarily those things that made it difficult. It wasn't the fact that we were in a concrete jungle, but I believe it was the fact that we were, we were not in line with God's will is why it made things difficult. You see, I moved out there. I, I packed up the family to move out there, fleeing the call of God on my life. Um, I was invited to uh, pastor a Korean church, the English ministry of this Korean church in town. They offered me a position. I said no. Turned it down and went to Korea. And God's like, okay, you could do that, but things are going to go wrong. And they did. Lots of things went wrong. We got sick. I got sick. Eden got sick. Uh, things didn't go right with the, uh, the job that I had. Um, hours were cut. It wasn't what we thought it would be financially. Um, and just, it was a very, very difficult time. It was very difficult on our marriage, to be honest with you. It was very difficult. And so after seven months, we're like, okay, let's just go back. And so we came back. Uh, 
um, to the Korean church where they offered this position and they had the position still open. They said, yeah, we're waiting for you to come back. And so came back into God's will. Now, when we came back, we didn't have a place to go. We didn't have a home. And so we ended up staying at Ali's parents' house for a few months um, in Heidelberg, you know, praying and, and hoping for a place of our own. We were saving up money for rent, first and last month's rent. And so we were there for a few months. And I remember just during that time thinking, Lord, where is this place that you're going to bring us to? Where are we going to go? And uh, one Sunday during that season, we went to this church in Toronto where they had prophetic presbytery. That's what they called it. They had, it's a prophetic presbytery. Basically, what it was was a um, prayer time before their service on Sunday where people can come and receive prophetic ministry, prophetic words. And so I, th- I was thinking, you know, I, I just need to go. I, I need, we need to hear from the Lord right now. Need to go. And so we drove all the way to Toronto and uh, we were in this church, uh, waited in line. There was a bunch of people in line for a prophetic presbytery. And uh, basically what it is is this area, uh, room with um, circles of chairs, maybe four or five chairs, and two or three people sitting there. Um, they're, they're the prayer ministers. And uh, when you get there, uh, they ask you if you want any specific prayer requests. Um, and you can give them a specific prayer request. Or they'll say, you know, let's just listen and hear what the Lord has to say for you. And so I was excited about that. And we went and we sat down. There's uh, three ladies, myself and my wife there. And they said, do you have any specific prayer requests? And I said, nope, just, just want to hear from the Lord. Okay. And so they took some time in listening um, just a, a moment of silent listening prayer. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies started speaking. And she said, you know, I just have this picture of a home. And right there, my wife just started bawling. Because we didn't have a home. <laughs> I just see this picture of a home. <laughs> and uh, they're like, you know, the, just the sense that I have is that God has a place lined up for you. <gasps> we were just, how did they know this? Right? God has a place lined up for you. And, and she even went on in detail about this home. There's a fireplace and, you know, it's a place of comfort and peace and rest. And um, God has a good place lined up for you. And it was just unbelievable. And you know what? It, it gave us so much confidence in God. Like we just, in that moment, we're like, wow, God knows our situation. He knows it so intricately that he spoke through another person to tell us. What's happening? What's going on? That he has a place in store for us and that we don't have to worry. And, you know, and that's the amazing thing. Shortly after that time, God did uh, show us the place. We, we, we found a place on Vogel Place in Waterloo, semi, uh, semi-detached, that was just within our price range and it was just, it was perfect. Um, it just so happened that the senior pastor of the Korean church that I was employed at lived two doors down from me on Vogel Place. And so we got to know him and the ki- his kids. And um, we met, you know, many other people. Uh, maybe some of you know Debbie and Weyburn Snyder, who used to attend Trinity many years ago. Um, well, their son, Phil Snyder, was my neighbor, was on the other side of our semi. 
I mean, it was just incredible. What, what are the chances of that? You know, so we had Christian neighbors, and uh, we met many good friends. And I had the honor and pr- privilege to baptize one of those friends, you know, Kevin Sapolsky over there. And uh, what, a, what an amazing thing to be in God's will, you know. And just, just looking back, I realized, wow, God speaks through his people. And when God speaks through his people, we call it prophecy. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The prophetic ministry in the church. Now, I understand there are some misconceptions about prophecy in the church today. A lot of times when people think about prophecy, they think of doomsday predictions gone wrong. They think of future predictions gone wrong. Right? A lot of times they think, when, when, when we think of the word prophecy, you know, people think of just new age spirituality, um, just odd things, right? But you see, the core of prophetic ministry, the core purpose of prophetic ministry in the church isn't for predicting the end times or to be some kind of esoteric, mystical experience that only a few people experience. Okay? It's not. It's very normative. It's supposed to be normal. And in a moment, we'll talk about the purpose of prophecy. But I just wanted to say this, because there have been some odd things and odd people surrounding the topic of prophecy that the church, because of these things, uh, stay away from it and even teach that it is not for today. And that's an error, because that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, the Bible teaches it is for today. It is for everyone. It's supposed to be a normal practice in the church. In Acts chapter 2, we read this, starting in verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Of all the spiritual gifts, the one that's mentioned, prophecy, to prophesy. Now, Peter here was the one that's speaking in Acts 2. He was quoting an Old Testament passage in Joel about what would take place in the last days. And that word that was in Joel 2 and also here in Acts 2 is talking about prophecy becoming a normal expression in the church, in the body of Christ, on the, in the people of God. It's going to be normal. God says he will pour out his spirit on all people and the mark of the outpouring of the spirit is prophecy. It's to prophesy. Now at Trinity, we've been praying and contending for an outpouring of the spirit of God. And there's many reasons why we're doing this. I've done sermon series about why there is a need for church renewal today. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be in the podcasts. If you want to take a look at that, there's a whole series that I did on church renewal talking about why we need revival in the church today. This is a passion of mine. It's a passion of our church. We need revival. We need an outpouring of the Spirit of God today. Desperately. And one of the key marks of an outpouring of the Spirit of God is this gift called prophecy. And when a church begins to operate in the Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, we know that the Holy Spirit is on the church. And you know, we're beginning to move in that. Actually, it's quite exciting. Trinity is beginning to move in the prophetic ministry. In fact, let me ask you this. How many of you have experienced, in some form or another, prophetic ministry here at Trinity? Just raise your hand. If you've experienced some form of prophetic ministry here at Trinity, God spoke through someone. Look at the hands. God is 
pouring out this gift on this church. Prophetic ministry is happening, right? On our Wednesday night prayer meetings, our prayer summits that we meet once a month, um, uh, pre-service prayer, even prayer prayer ministry after the service, we're seeing the prophetic ministry happen. And so that's exciting. The Holy Spirit's moving here. So what is prophecy? What is it? I think the definition, this definition in 1 Corinthians 14.3 just says it the best in the New Testament. This is what it says. 1 Corinthians 14.3. This is what prophecy is. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Okay? The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. That is a huge point we need to know about the gift of prophecy is this. Prophecy is for building up, not for tearing down. Okay? That is a big point that we need to make. Prophecy is for building up. The prophetic ministry is for the upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation for the people of God. That's what it's for. Have you ever been so discouraged about something in your life where it just seems that there's no way you can be, there's just no way you can receive consolation? Have you ever faced a situation in your life where it's like, I I don't know what's happening right now. Why am I going through this? Lord, why, why is this happening? When you're in circumstances and situations like that, and all of a sudden, the Lord speaks a word through somebody and it just pierces into that circumstance, into that discouragement, into that despair and suddenly sheds light on what God is doing. It's powerful what that can do to our lives. It brings hope in a hopeless situation all because of one prophetic word that God spoke into your life. Suddenly, discouragement fades and you experience encouragement. You experience closeness with God. And you know what? That is the key purpose of prophecy. Whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, key purpose of prophecy is this. To bring, to call people into a closeness with God. That's what it's always for. I know we look at Old Testament prophecy and think, man, God was really angry in those prophetic words. But it was a call to bring people back to closeness with him. It was always that. Prophecy remains that way. It, it is, that's what it's for. Okay. When you experience a prophetic word, suddenly the situation you, you are in becomes clear as to what God is doing. More clear, I should say. More clear. Okay. We prophesy in part. So we're not always going to know the full picture until we see Jesus face to face. But prophecy does make things a little more clear. Just this past Wednesday at our prayer meeting, uh, we broke up into groups. We prayed for each other, groups of three or four. And um, I was in a group with three, three, other, three other guys, three other men. And uh, it was my turn to receive prayer. And one of them said, you know, I just had this thought. It was actually, actually, Lori said uh, the same vision just over Brent uh, during prayer time. But uh, there he is. Um, but the vision was, or this thought that came to this person who was praying for me was that, uh, was that of the yoke. You know, the, the yoke of oxen, they have that big wooden thing, two oxes are in there and they, they go together. Uh, and the picture was that I was yoked with Jesus. But the thing is, if, you, if I try to run ahead and Jesus isn't wanting to go that fast, I'm going to burn out because I'm pushing. And so the message was, slow down. And you know what? That revelation was so powerful for me. 
So powerful for me because, I mean, for, 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 a, for a pastor, that's a powerful word. Especially uh, for me in this time when I'm, you know, we're contending for revival, planning retreats and seminars, hearing God, hearing God seminars, set free retreat, empowering ministers, um, prayer meetings, the, the annual or the monthly prayer meetings, the Wednesday night prayer meetings. On top of all the regular duties of a pastor and raising a young family all at once while going to McMaster, taking classes. Man, it's a good word for me. Slow down. Okay? And I really needed to hear that. And, and the encouraging part of that word was, I'm yoked with Jesus. Jesus is with me. I just need to be in step with him. Need to be in prayer, in listening prayer, to hear what he says and go and do what he says. That's the key. And that was a very powerful word for me. That is the power of a prophetic word. It builds people up. That is why it's important for the church. We need this church. We need this. We need to build each other up, especially in this hour where we are facing darkness, when we are, our, the culture around us is getting dark. It's getting dark. Our youth are just, I can go on and on. I can go on another sermon about that. We're, using, we're losing the youth in our churches, right? But God has a plan. God has a plan to call them back. God has a plan to save the generations. And I believe a big part of it is the gifts of the Spirit. Especially prophecy. So now I want to talk about two main reasons for the prophetic gift in the church. There's many reasons. There's many aspects of prophetic ministry and what prophetic does. Okay? One of them is future telling or telling of What's, gonna, what's up ahead? But you know, what, you know what I found about prophetic ministry and future-telling prophetic ministry? It's rare. It's very rare. Okay? The more common ones is what I want to talk about this morning. Okay? And number one is this. Prophetic words are most commonly confirmations. Okay? Confirmations. Prophetic words are most often confirmations about what the Lord has been speaking to you already. You just may not have known it was God speaking to you. You see, as a Christian, one of our birthrights is to be able to hear from the Lord. It's a birthright. My sheep hear my voice. We can hear from the Lord. God communicates with us. Prayer isn't a one-way thing. It's two ways. We pray to God. We listen in prayer for what he has to say. We can hear his voice. But oftentimes, it's hard to discern when it's God's voice. I find that a prophetic word is an outside confirmation of what you're already thinking is from the Lord. Okay? How many of you have been thinking thoughts? Just thoughts just keep cycling. Maybe it's to bless somebody. Just someone's name just keeps coming to your mind. And you're like, why does that person keep coming to my mind? And all of a sudden, someone may come up to you and say, hey, have you seen so-and-so? And you're like, whoa. Wow. Oftentimes, the, pro- the prophetic is a confirmation. I want to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 3, the story uh, of Samuel. Verse 1 to 10, this is what it says. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. By the way, this is, we're in a totally backward season now. Okay, it's the opposite of this. Visions and, and dreams and words from God are actually common today. 
we, we just may not see it in, the, in North America, but when you hear about the church, church growing in South America, in China, in other parts of the world, okay, visions, dreams, prophetic words, it's common, very common. Okay, so it's very different from this time. But anyway, here we go. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I, I, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord that had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down, went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears hears. God speaks to us, all of us. It's our birthright as Christians. He communicates to you. And his communication with you is often through your thoughts. Like I said earlier, you may be thinking of some situation. I was just talking to someone last week about Alpha. I was like, oh, you should consider uh, taking Alpha. And they're like, you know what? You're the third person to say that to me. It's like, well, maybe God wants you to go to Alpha. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, maybe someone, you, God is speaking to you to go talk to someone about Jesus. Maybe God is telling you to give sacrificially to someone in need. Then out of nowhere, you get a word that confirms those thoughts. And I find that most often a prophetic word is just that. A confirmation of what God is already saying to you. So it's important to be listening to God in prayer. And so that is the, that is the, probably one of the most common uh, reasons why the prophetic ministry is important for inside the church, for in the church. The second reason is for outside the church. Why the prophetic ministry is so important for the people of God is for outside the church. It's for evangelism. Okay? The prophetic ministry is a powerful tool for evangelism. Now, I've seen different approaches to evangelism. The friendship, the friendship evangelism approach, where you, you're a good neighbor, you, you, you be a good neighbor, and through your godliness and righteousness and just the way you're living your life is attractive to those around you. And that's powerful. It, it really is. We're all called to be that way, to live that way, to represent Jesus well. Okay? So there, there is that way of evangelizing. It takes time, oftentimes, maybe even decades for us to reach our neighbors if we solely use that method, but sometimes God will use that, right? Other times, there's, it's more in-your-face type of evangelism. You go up to people and you tell them, basically, you know, you're a sinner, and you're going to go to hell unless you receive Jesus, you know? I've, I've done that before, you know, to be honest with you. I have, I've had tracks. Never worked, okay? Never. Not one. I, I didn't lead one person to the Lord that way. Some people may come to the Lord that way, but I've just, I've never, I've never seen it. Uh, but, um, when a prophetic word, when you, when, when you go up to people and you say, you know, can I, 
Is there anything I could pray for? You know how many people would say, you know what, yeah. They're open to praying, receiving prayer. And then in that time of prayer, God gives you a picture or a word or just something about that person and all of a sudden they have an encounter with God in that moment. That's why the prophetic ministry is important for evangelism. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24 to 25 says this, but if all prophesy... Okay, so if the church prophesies and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Prophecy shows the unbeliever that God is among the people of God. Right? Jesus used the prophetic ministry in evangelism. If you read John chapter 4, the story, you'll read a story of a woman, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. He, he approaches this woman, they engage in a conversation about worship, and then all of a sudden he gives the prophetic word about her status, her marital status, that she's, the person that she's with is not her husband, in fact, she's had many husbands before, and so on, and her eyes were just opened. Wow, how did he know that about me? And, and another aspect of that, he didn't condemn her. That's pretty, that's a big factor that we need to look into when we read John chapter 4. He didn't condemn her, but through the prophetic, he drew her closer to God. And she accepted the Lord. She went and told the town, and they came to the Lord as well. Powerful when the prophetic is used in evangelism. So the question is, if prophecy is so great, if it's this amazing tool for the church, how do we walk in it? How do we receive this gift? How does the church walk in the prophetic ministry? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says this. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. Okay. Paul said this to the Corinthian church. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Paul is encouraging to pursue and earnestly go after the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because it can provide a powerful tool for the edification and uh, building up of the church, but also to win people to Jesus. We're to pursue it. So what does it look like to pursue the spiritual gifts? How do we do that? How do we pursue something that only God can offer us? The answer, it comes back to prayer. Prayer. Luke chapter 11, 9 to 13 says this. Therefore, I, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil, wow, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The whole context of asking, seeking, and knocking is asking for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the marks of a church that walks in the gifts of the Spirit is prophecy. 
prophetic ministry. The prophetic ministry is available to those who ask. And it's not about striving. It's not about fasting more to receive something. You know, it's not about that. It's simple. It's asking for what is already available to each and every one of us. It's normal. Uh, I'm a part of a a network of pastors. Uh, We meet each week online. Pastors from all across Canada who are wanting to, we're praying and wanting to see revival in this nation. And there's many of us, um, and we're with uh, Southland Church in Steinbeck, Manitoba, with Pastor Ray Dirksen. And uh, he had a story once that he shared about someone who attends Southland. And uh, it was just, wasn't an elder. Uh, he wasn't uh, in leadership of any kind. Okay? He was just a follower of Jesus who attends Southland Church. Uh, he went to a restaurant one day, and in this restaurant, he sees this bodybuilder type of guy, this big, obviously bodybuilder guy. And all of a sudden, he just started to see this vision, or these thoughts came to him about that man, about this big buff guy. And uh, he felt that the Lord wanted him to go and share what he was getting. And at first he was like, oh, I don't know. But then he, he mustered up the courage and he went and he went to talk to this guy. I mean, that, that could be pretty in- intimidating, you know, when this person could, you know, knock you out with one punch kind of thing. But it was like, all right, uh, I'll go. And so he kind of went up to him. And the first thing that he said was, um, hey, do you work out? <laughs> and they laughed, you know, uh, obviously. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> that, that kind of broke the ice. And then he just said, hey, listen, I just have something that I want to share with you. I just feel the Lord wants me to share this vision that I had of you. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, okay. I mean, sure. So they, they sat down and the man said, you know, I just saw this vision of you. You were a young boy. And so in this vision, you were a young boy and you were sitting on your grandma's lap. It wasn't your mom's lap. It was your grandmother's lap. And she was sharing the story of Samson with you. And uh, she said that if you give your life to the Lord, uh, the Lord would give you uh, power like Samson. And all of a sudden, the man just started to cry. I mean, this buff Bagwell guy started to cry. Just woo. He was crying. And uh, he mentioned to the man, you know, that's crazy that you just said that. It's true. That exactly happened. Um, he was raised by his grandmother. Uh, he didn't know his father. Uh, he, he was a single mom, and she was at work, and so the grandmother raised him. And one day, some kids at school threw rocks at him, and one of the rocks hit his head, and he got cut, and he was bleeding, and he ran home. And uh, he was crying, and his grandma just sat him on his lap and told him the story of Samson. For real, the story of Samson. And said, um, you know, the, exactly that. If you give your life to the Lord, the Lord will give you strength like Samson. And um, it was just recently that this man, the the big guy, uh, shared this with his wife for the first time, maybe just a day or two ago, or so not long ago, shared it for the first time with his wife about what his grandma said long time ago. And now all of a sudden, here's this man saying exactly what happened. I mean, it was unbelievable. And right then and there, the man from Southland led this man and his wife to the Lord. Just like that. They came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that powerful? That's so amazing. This is real. It happens. God uses. It's not the super, super Christians, a few select few people. No, God can use each and every one of us. All of us. 
God can use you. Born again, spirit-filled believers. It's amazing. And so church, we're, we're growing in this. We're, we're learning. We're learning. We pray on Wednesday nights. We hear from the Lord. You know, and there are time, I will say this. There are times where we might miss it. You know, but that's the whole, the, the, the one thing about prophecy is this. We need to test it. Another part in scripture, uh, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says, do not despise prophecy, but test everything. We're called to test it, right? Because sometimes people will say something, it's not, no, not for the Lord. Um, maybe it was for themselves and they just shared it thinking it was for the other person, but no, uh, maybe it's for you. Um, those things happen, but we, we, we're growing and we're learning together. And so, you know, I want to encourage you, if you are able, come on out to a Wednesday night prayer meeting. I want to encourage you to come to our prayer summits on the last Wednesday uh, of the month where, we're, where we learn about listening prayer and hearing God for each other. Come to sign up for a Hearing God seminar. We'll be running one in the new year. It's uh, eight weeks, and we'll learn all about this, about testing what we're hearing, all of that. It's in that uh, seminar, Hearing God Seminar. And uh, I also want to encourage you to sign up for the Set Free Retreat that's coming up in November. This is one of the first steps for us to grow, uh, to um, actually grow in that understanding that God speaks to us, and God, there's some things that get in the way, and we deal with those issues, and all of a sudden we come into a closeness with God where we can begin to hear his voice. So I, I want to encourage you, uh, sign up for the Set Free Retreat that's coming up in November. Everything's on our website. Definitely a first step towards uh, being able to experience God in this area of the prophetic. Uh, but just in closing, I just want to say this. God is pouring out his spirit in these last days. Now, Paul said this from Act, in Acts chapter 2, two th- almost 2,000 years ago, about the last days. I think we're closer, at least 2,000 years more closer to that time now. And we don't know when the hour is. We don't know, okay? I'm not here to give you a date. We don't know. Could be another 100 years from now. Who knows? But we are that much closer, and God is pouring out his spirit in these times. And the prophetic ministry is increasing because God is equipping his church He's equipping us to bring in the harvest. And this is one of the main tools that he uses. So let's grow together in this area. It's fun. It's awesome. It's powerful. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for what you are doing. Um, I mean, we hear of stories, Lord, of how you're calling the Muslims to yourself. We've heard stories of how they're seeing visions of Jesus, the man in the white robe, and they have no idea who it is until someone comes and preaches the gospel and they realize, yes, it's Jesus. We hear stories like that, Father, that's happening now, today, in the Middle East, in other parts of the world. We're hearing of how you are speaking to people and drawing them and and bringing them to places that you're calling them. Connecting people with different people through the prophetic ministry. And Father, it's amazing. And you're doing it here as well. But Lord, there's this peace that you, 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 you encourage us in. And that is to pursue it. That you call us to desire and to pursue walking in this way. Walking in the spirit. And so Father, I just want to pray Whatever hindrances or barriers or blockages or bondages preventing your church from walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we just command by the power of your spirit that you would break and loose those things, Lord God.
over your church, not just Trinity, but your church, the body of Christ in North America. We want to walk in the fullness of what you have for us, God. We don't want to be about playing church. That's the last thing what we want, Father. We want to represent you in your kingdom here. We want to walk in the fullness of what you have for us. And we want to see people coming to know you in a powerful way. To know that you are God, that there is no other. And so, Father, would you equip us? Would you strengthen us in this area? You've called us to pray. We've become, you know, we're moving and becoming a house of prayer here at Trinity. We value it. It's one of our values here, Father. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to grow us in this area of prayer, including listening prayer and prophetic ministry, Lord. And so, Father, and also I pray for protection from any excess of, of, um, of, of, these, of these areas, Lord God, that we wouldn't go beyond your calling, beyond your gifting, but that we, we would walk in step with you. And that picture of the yoke is perfect, Father, that we are yoked with Jesus, that we would not move ahead and not lag behind, Father, but that we would walk in step with you, especially in this area of prophetic ministry at Trinity Church. God, we give you all the glory. Thank you for what you are doing, for the lives you are touching. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name. We pray, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.